1: Welcome to the Pride of Detroit Podcast, Pride of Detroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us, you know where to get us. We're coming to you live on twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit. Today we have plenty to talk about involving mandatory mini camp. That's right, another camp coming up here. Camps, 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 camps before a couple months of just nothingness. In which case we'll probably step back, preview some stuff, review some stuff, but. Something coming up also here in a few minutes is a beef with a particular line of thought as some guy is being pilloried for no really good reason. We'll get to that in a second. I am Crisper Fett at CRISPRFett on Twitter, back fresh, bright, and early from the warm, balmy streets of Toledo straight to Los Angeles, where it is cool and chilly. It's a reversal of fortunes. I did not think was going to be happening in June. Uh, Toledo was fantastic. I took a lot of pictures of empty spaces beneath the one Seagate building, but now joining me is a man who knows absolutely no songs by the strokes, who I believe that is a lie, but it is Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit online knows exactly zero songs by the strokes. I don't even think in spite of it being a very big part of the family guy uh jokes that he really loves wow. he knows nothing about the strokes
2: uh, last night she said oh baby don't you feel so da- no come on now
0: I we're gonna get strokes. DMCA'd <laughs> I know because
2: they're definitely gonna pick that up as like oh is, is that the strokes actually singing that
1: well we did kill we did help kill twitch sings so <laughs> being one of the only people still using it when they were like hey we're gonna shut this down just like Spotify live <laughs> So there's Jeremy and Ryan Matthews at Ryan underscore P.O.D. Ryan, the senior editor. Ryan, how are you doing today?
0: I'm doing well. I'm caffeinated. I'm ready to talk all things Detroit Lions, as we usually do on this podcast. That's right. Well, we try to at least outside of this first, you know, five to ten minutes. (laughs) Just letting people in. Uh, by the way, real
1: quick, uh, before we start, shout out to Roy the Lions UK. I know we're kind of breaching protocol, venturing another podcast, but I know they just had their 200th episodes. And both me and Jeremy, not the same time, mind you. We have to keep up appearances that we are not the same, that we are indeed maybe the same person, just a Jekyll and Hyde thing. But uh, we both showed up there. And uh, yeah, I love the idea that, that we can spread Lions
2: football to the rest of the world, too. I'm just I'm currently just throwing my voice. You, you are my puppet. People can't see my my hand. It's a it's a Jekyll and Hyde. It's a Jekyll and Hyde
1: transformation. <laughs> I exist to make Jeremy look better. <laughs> you said it. Yeah. Speaking of someone who could stand to look a lot better right now, Jameson Williams. I don't know how we are still talking about Jameson Williams, And yet this seems to be the inescapable story of the Detroit media sphere. In multiple, multiple ways, several stories we're going to get to here. But I believe, Ryan, I feel like we start with the social media BS, which I feel like if you're following a player from what he does on his social media, that's a you problem. And However, this is followed around Jameson Williams because... For whatever reason, there has been this latch of idea of immaturity on the part of Jameson Williams following his suspension for gambling on non football games at Lions facilities, which earned him a six game suspension from the NFL. It's continued to follow along with him. I believe some people have thought his answers to the media were non satisfactory and it's let us down this rabbit hole.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like I need to know exactly what it is about JMO's social media presence that has people so up in arms. Like, do you guys have the answer to that question? Like, what specifically is he posting that is causing so many people that are way older than the social media age to clutch their pearls? Like, what is it? Well, the, it's nothing that he's posting, Ryan.
2: It's what he's liking. It's what he's liking on social. He liked a comment that said, hey, get JMO the ball more. He liked a comment that said, "Hey, wouldn't it be cool if Lamar Jackson played for the Lions?" Clutch <gasps> those pearls everybody, look out. Jameson Williams is immature, hates his teammates and is begging to get the ball more. He's 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 disrespecting his coaching staff, Ryan. Clip it.
1: <laughs> Clip it, save it. <laughs> I I hope no one ever looks through my likes. Like, I I can't remember. I I know that. But now everyone is going to. (laughs) Well, that's fine. You'll find some (laughs) random political stuff in there. Maybe some (laughs) Japanese weeaboo art. But like, I. Okay. on one hand, I've seen likes go completely wrong. On the other hand, really, this is what we're doing. This is like we're going to get to the bigger story on Jameson Williams, although it's not completely on Jameson Williams, but it's about what he's been suspended for. But. I can't believe this story when you were suggesting it to talk about it, guys, because I just I wanted to just rip my head apart.
2: The, the only reason I wanted to bring this up is because I felt like. It needed there needed to be another voice, and I granted that the one voice that is out there that is is throwing a fit about this is, is one we should normally ignore anyways, but I feel like there hasn't been a proper retort response call this you know whatever the thing that they do after republican and national conventions the the other guy talking for for 20 minutes or whatever
1: response the state of the union or whatever
2: that's right yes that thing political whatever uh this is absolutely ridiculous like first of all there are people out there that retweet doesn't mean endorse a like doesn't always mean endorse either and listen i'm not going to be naive here when when Jameson Williams likes a tweet that says, hey, give the ball to Jameson Williams more, that's probably an endorsement. That's probably saying like, huh, I kind of want I wish I, wish I would have gotten the ball more, which is true of every single NFL receiver who ever played the game. They always want the ball more than they're getting. If he's not making a stink in the locker room, if he's not making a stink in the huddle, if he's not going to his coaching staff and and demanding the ball more, this is not an issue. If he likes a tweet saying saying, hey, I like Lamar Jackson. That'd be cool if he played here. That does not mean he hates Jared Goff. That doesn't, I mean, does Jared, does Jared Goff find that? Or, you know, it obviously becomes a little bit of a story. And what does Jared Goff think? Like, yeah, he might be a little tiffed by it, but think, I mean, the fact that (laughs) that Dan Campbell got grilled about this is hilarious. It was the first question out of the gate, which shows like no sense of journalism because a lot of times when you want to get into something like this, you ease them in. Um, and then you follow up after follow up. After, I mean, but Dan Campbell handled it frickin' perfectly. He's just like, no, like this doesn't mean anything that. And and I think the most insulting was the way the question was asked because he was asked like Jamison Williams doesn't seem to grasp how important his social media conduct is. No, he's got it right. You have it wrong. you think players are, are, like, what is this? A high school, like, locker room? People, people, this drama only exists in the media, only exists in players, or I'm sorry, in fans. Players, like, yeah, Jared Goff might come up to be like, hey, what's this all about? And then James, like, I eh, just like Lamar Jackson. He's, he's a cool dude. Like, I, that's it. That's it. And then it's over. You think, you think Jared Goff, a guy who got publicly embarrassed by getting traded for two first round picks, who's had his head coach talk publicly about, how not good of a football player. You think he's bothered by this? This he guy's is the been through earth. way more shit. Like he might've taken it personally at first, but like he's been through way more shit than this, that this is not going to bother him. It's ridiculous. Anyone who is truly bothered by what Jameson Williams has liked on Twitter needs to get a damn life because he doesn't care. No one else in that locker room care cares. Obviously Dan Campbell doesn't care. This is stupid.
1: Ryan, I feel like I have a theory about what's going on. I'm not sure why we decided JMO's going in the doghouse, but it's been going on since that suspension, probably ever since he was drafted by the Detroit Lions, that there are going to be some fans who have decided that they are going to find one way or another that somehow JMO isn't bought in that he is a problem in some way or another, be it because of the injury he wasn't playing because of his lack of production. When he did get on step on the field, because he didn't look like he was happy to be drafted by the lions on draft night, which we don't even know if that's true because of his suspension by the NFL for gambling, you name it. People have decided to just, just take, take the batter, take the battering ram to Jamison Williams. And now it's been given it's been given life by a particular columnist in Detroit as well, so it just it it's getting stacked up.
0: Well, didn't you guys see that Jared Goff followed DeAndre Hopkins? There's clearly something. Oh going on. Oh my God! The disrespect. <laughs> There's clearly something happening, something bubbling underneath the surface in that locker room. Uh, the the thing with JMO is that he he has every right to do whatever he wants on his social media until he starts doing things like John Morant is doing. Right. I mean, do you want to talk about like the difference between an actual like issue and something that is, as Jeremy said, high school drama at best, like it's insane. Like the, the disparity between those two things, like, yes, there is a clear way that you are. Cause here's the thing like Jameson Williams, he's being slammed for like immaturity, right? Like maybe not understanding the ramifications that liking a tweet can have. I, it, It's such a nothing burger. It's such a non-story that when you call his maturity into question, I think that people are, again, they're going back to draft night. And, and I think that there's a lot of projection that's happening there. Like, man, if I was an NFL player, I would be – all smiles from ear to ear stoked. Well, guess what? You're not Jamison Williams. You know what I mean? Like the guy just has a different demeanor. I'm sorry that he doesn't fit whatever, you know, check whatever boxes that, that you have for an NFL player. And in, in terms of their personality, like that's you problem, as Jeremy said, right? Like it's a problem between you and yourself that you don't like his demeanor. So i don't know this is dumb i didn't want to talk about it in is the first this, place yeah
1: i, I what well, i think it was so bad we just kind of we all said we didn't want to talk about it and i feel like when all three of us said we don't want to talk about it and it's still bad enough we still talk about it we kind of feel like we've we had to at least address it and at least bite back on it i feel though jeremy part of this too is also because i i don't know do 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 certain people in the detroit media just don't feel like they got a good enough answer out of him when he told them about that. He didn't remember like placing the bet or gambling or like the, he didn't give a adequate enough answer to, to the gambling story. So let's just keep going. Let's just keep going. Let's keep digging. What else we can do. We can find here.
2: I don't, I don't know if it necessarily is related to the gambling stuff. But it is a contentious. It is a bit of a, Contentious relationship, but. yes. Especially when he started talking about his social media, like there were a couple of media members who were right in his face, like "Don't you understand what you're doing right now?" And he's like, "Don't you understand what an NFL locker room is like?" And there's a clear disconnect there. And, it, there, and there is and a. Brian and I were talking. Yeah. It, it might be a generational thing where people. I, I agree. Yes. Yeah. Where it's just like you guys don't get that people just like tweets all the time, and it doesn't matter. And the only thing that it does matter to is. NFL freaky fans who who are just like obsessing over every single thing that ever happens on social media and adults that don't know what social media is like. That's it.
1: Real quick. You guys can you can't even name the tweets you like today, correct? No, of course not. We're not even done with a day. And I've probably liked about like a a hundred tweets.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I liked all my tweets today.
1: You liked your own tweets? Now that's a problem. That's a bigger scandal than James. What does that
2: say about me? Yeah. (laughs) That really that's if if I was building a draft profile on you, that'd be a red flag right there.
1: (laughs) Liking your own tweets, frequently retweeting your own tweet tweets, replying under them for engagement.
2: Ryan does frequently retweet the Pride of Detroit tweet about his article several times throughout the day.
1: Now hold up. Is it a is it a raw retweet or is it a quote tweet? I think it's normally just a raw retweet. That's less, that's less, uh, quote tweets, quote tweets can be whatever. Anyway, (laughs) uh, but I did want to bring back the gambling thing for a second Yeah. because there was a story out from the athletic today. And this is something I think I've, I I know at least I've harped on and I think you guys have touched on it too. Like that. I don't think the role that Jamison Williams got beat on to the NFL is very clear to players. And I've heard several people in the national media talking about that. It should be clear, you know, you should know not to gamble, but those are former players. I was going to say, no, not even Florio. Well, Florio's (laughs) Florio's a bag. Florio's a bag. Um, I would hear former players saying it should be very clear. The NFL is very clear. You don't gamble. Those players stopped playing way before the 2018 rule change. And that's what the athletic confirms. This is confusing. They talked to four, five players anonymously, four of those four said straight up, they didn't know that this was a rule. Two NFL players, the uh, two NFL agents interviewed said the players, their players approached them and said, Hey, I think I might've broken this rule. Another player was even talking about like, he, he thought he was okay to go and gamble on a golf tournament he was in and, his, and asked the NFL PA rep if that was fine. And they said, yeah, you're all clear. So, confusion all over the place and coming down the pike. Now, as we start to head towards what looks to be more penalties, Jeremy, including maybe an unnamed fifth Detroit lion. But I think there's going to be some players punished on other teams too, for this gambling technicality. And I have to call it a technicality at this point. It, it, it from, from the athletic article that they're talking about that maybe this, they spent like a couple minutes on it, that it was like, I have a quote here, a nine year veteran said it's like a page in your training camp compliance meetings. They spend like four minutes on it. It's like, yeah, don't gamble on the NFL. You guys know this. Nobody spends time on it. I don't think this reduces the penalty at all, Jeremy, but I'm, I'm curious how you read this, because you were a bit flattened by this story. And I just I think for me, it confirms everything I've known. This was an obtuse rule that. I don't know if the NFL will change, but it's it's making things hard.
2: Yeah, no, I think I think you outlined it well there. It, it It's it's a policy that not a lot of players knew about. It seems like, again, this is only a, a survey of five people, so we don't want to necessarily over assume on it. But the way they describe it was it was revealed to them. It was it was taught to them. Is like it's in the middle of training camp. It's in the middle of like them explaining 30 other different rules, and it's just tucked in there a little bit. And the emphasis seems to have been on don't gamble on NFL games. That's, that's the easy part. No one needed to be told that, although obviously some players obviously still broke that rule, and it sounds like maybe even the Colts guy that is currently under, under investigation may have broken that rule. And, and that's fine. Like I think we are all in agreement if you broke that rule, pretty stupid. You're, you're pretty stupid or you're pretty reckless or a little bit of both. Um, it's, it's that other stuff. It's the it's the gambling on non-NFL games on a team facility. And as we've discussed at length, team facility can mean a lot of things. Again, we don't know which one J-Mo broke. We don't know if he was at the team facility. We don't know if he was on a plane. We don't know if he was on a bus. We don't know if he was in a, in a hotel room. But the point is all of those things are not allowed. And it's very clear that a lot of these NFL players didn't know that. Uh, and so – to me, I, I think you're right. Like this isn't, I called it eye opening, but it's also confirming what I think a lot of us believed, which is this was not there. This was not emphasized. And it took a, someone like Jameson Williams getting made an example of now everybody knows. And, and that to me is a, is yeah. a big failure on the NFL. It's a big failure on NFL teams too. We can't and, let the individual teams off the hook either, but if, if, if this is as widespread as it seems to have been six games is way too harsh of a punishment, but the NFL is absolutely never going to back down from that because the truth of the matter was this was taught. And so the NFL is going to be like, we taught you this.
1: Yeah, the NFL it, is it, not going to say that, they're, they're, that their right. instruction was unclear because they're
2: why would they do that? It may have been in the middle of training camp when half of you guys are fighting for your lives and probably half asleep during some of these meetings. It might happen in the midst of, 30 other things being thrown at you at once, but we gave it to you. So if you didn't listen, we got to punt. We got to make an example out of you. And and now that the example is made, you you got to imagine most people are going to follow the rules now, but I am curious how deep these investigations go because the, the real interesting part to me was what you said, which is two agents have already had players come up to and be like, I'm screwed. I did this.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, exactly what you said about the NFL, having uh, there's no chance that the nfl reverses their ruling on jameson williams because it, it, it takes it takes a really it takes a really good teacher right to uh have some humility and some accountability if hey you know what maybe i didn't cover this as well as i should have on the test but the the nfl they're not teachers they're not educators they are a they have company. No humility <laughs> yeah that it, that is in charge of making sure that its image is clean and the last thing that they want right because they feel like it goes without saying that you do not bet on nfl games because that is the worst possible thing that could happen however you're stuck here with this and the, the that's the part that sucks because yes yeah, it's it's yeah. free jmo till i die
1: yeah, there's no pressure on the NFL to reverse any of this anyway, because it's not going to come from fans. There's not enough of an uproar. And neither will it come from the NFLPA because the NFL PA, I maybe they'll wait in later. I don't know. But my my guess is going to be no, because I think the NFL PA might look bad too, because they're they their their repre- their player representatives dropped the ball on this as well in teaching this to these guys, too. So like they can't step up because Because the NFL can just say, well, you guys are hypocrites. You guys should have taught this to them, too. So, like, the NFL is going to – there's no pressure on the NFL to either reverse this, change the rule, or do anything. And they have a lot more incentive to keep pounding this hammer on players saying you cannot gamble. We say it's legal to gamble on these things, but we cannot have gambling making us look bad while we're also taking money from gambling companies as well because we need it both ways.
2: And I'm I'm glad – I'm glad you mentioned the NFLPA, too, because they're under fire in that article as well. A lot of agents are pissed off that these guys are are just taking it like all Reps, these Reps players gave are...
1: green lights to some of these guys, too.
2: Right. Right. And so the NFLPA was I mean, there is a story about the one guy who reached out to the NFLPA before he placed a bet. And, and that was a smart thing to do. And and he got clarification and, and went about his way. Um, But it's clear the NFLPA one didn't lay this out clearly enough to its players Two are not fighting back hard enough against these players who were given an unfair way to take in this information. And now we're getting punished way harder than they should be. And so that, that to me is a little bit surprising because JC Trotter has been very outspoken. The president of the NFLPA has been very outspoken for a lot of things, including player safety, dead, dead quiet on this
0: one so far.
1: I think he understands like, like all players, gambling's
0: kind of a touchy subject. Yeah, Sorry, this go segment, ahead, Ryan. This segment brought to you by DraftKings, the official <laughs> sportsbook sponsor of SB Nation.
1: Uh, we, I thought we said that was gauch to do, right? I thought that was gauch, but okay. I'm not even sure I'm using gauch right. Do I have to do a read here? No. Oh my God, I feel empty without having to do a read. I know. Well, we are going to throw it to break. On the other side, we're going to talk about mandatory minicamp. And we're going to talk about Romo. No, the other Romo, because there is a new man in town who is showing you what a missile looks like. And we'll get to him next on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Friday Detroit POD cast back again after uh, some walk down memory lane here on our live show on twitch.tv. And we've got a few things to talk about if we can put the Jamison Williams stuff to bed. Uh, Mandatory minicamp is coming up, Jeremy, but first before that, I'm going to make you talk about kickers. (laughs) I want to make you talk about kickers. You can't blame me for talking about kickers because you're the one who brought the info into us about Parker Romo, not John Parker Romo. Apparently, it's just Parker.
2: Is it just Parker Romo? That's how. That's he what goes? he prefers to go by. But okay. uh, I'm waiting for someone on Twitter to correct me on. So that. <laughs> someone on Twitter is going to correct
1: us about that. That it, no matter his wishes, we're still saying his name wrong. Uh, Parker Romo apparently has a cannon. I could have told you that because I was watching the XFL. But Jeremy, you saw it firsthand, and now you think. There's, and funny enough, I've just talked with the Royal Lions guys about this. There's a kicker battle going on, Jeremy. We've got a kicker battle all
2: summer. Yeah, I mean, listen, I if you would have told me a week ago who I thought out of the three kickers that the Lions have, who are the two that are more most likely to win the job, it was probably the guy that they just traded for in Riley Patterson or the incumbent, uh Michael Badgley. Parker Parker Romo may have just jumped both those guys in a single practice. And, and listen, I understand I'm, I'm overreacting, but I can only react to what I've seen so far. And that's Parker Romo hitting dingers. All right. Like I, I was standing behind the upright. So most of the media was, which is not, not really audible a,
0: dongs though. Right. Like, no, let's, let's no. Audible very dongs. clear. Thank you. Dingers are not audible dongs. I'm, I'm assuming that Jeremy means these are cannons of kicks. Yeah. And, I don't normally
2: get this kind of viewpoint from right behind the, the goalpost. So part of it is just like, it's a pretty cool way to watch a field goal, go through uprights because it's, I don't know. I think you get a real appreciation for how long it is and how hard they boot it. And not only was Parker Romo nailing everything thrown his way, including up to a 61 yarder, like they were making it by quite some distance. The kicks were like pure. The rotation was good. All that. And like pretty cleanly through the uprights. The only one he missed, was like a 63 or 64 yarder. And that one was long enough too. And when you kind of line that up with Riley Patterson, who missed pretty badly on one, like 40 some yarder. And then uh, was clearly at his limit at about 53, 54. It's just like these kickers are in different stratospheres when it comes to power. And this, I mean, that very much laid out like the Austin cyber battle with Riley Patterson last year, where it's like, Patterson might be consistent from lower, but like cybert has got a whole different, you know, like he gear to to his kicks, and so that to me that pushes Parker Romo way in front. And I know I know that might be an overreaction to kickers who can kick it long because that I mean that that's only half of the the job description. But again, like it's a weapon. We it shouldn't come to a surprise from Lions fans that like how valuable that can be when you saw someone walk into your own home and kick a 66 yard game winning field goal. If you have a boot, that can be such a game changer, especially at the end of games where you only have to drive, you know, 20, 30 yards instead of 40, 50. Right. Um, So, I I mean, again, don't want to overreact to one practice, but I came away super impressed with Parker Romo. And I wonder, I hope he can be as consistent as, as someone like Patterson from less than 50 yards, because if he is Lions just like they got a, a kicker dropped into their lap, much like they did um, <clears throat> with uh what's his name from, from Broncos. Prater. Prater. Matt Prater.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good kicker. Um, You know, just to play devil's advocate, Jeremy, just to be the wet blanket for, for a change. Yeah. You hope that it's a weapon and not a crutch, right?
2: As in, like, the Lions will stop going for it because mm, they have this I'm amazing I'm just asking record. questions, Jeremy.
0: Chris, would you
1: like
2: I, to answer? Well,
1: I, I, I think the only thing is I like how open it is, and I, am, I don't believe that just because the Lions spent a conditional seventh rounder that it means that the answer is going towards Riley Patterson. Like, I don't, I don't see that as like a sunk cost that the lions can ill afford. It's a conditional seventh rounder. They get thrown they're,
2: out. They're but I, but cost I cost at
1: all, right? Like if he yeah. doesn't make
2: the team, I don't think the
1: lions gave up anything. So who no, cares? no, I just, but I, I, I have seen some, I, I have talked with some people the past few days who believe that like, Oh, they gave up assets for him. So it's Riley Patterson. I don't think that at all. And Parker Romo shown you if he's got the leg and he's got the accuracy and I think there's something they all do kind of strong in their own way. Like uh, Badgley, for all of his 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 particular woes, he knows this team. He's been on this team. Riley Patterson has plenty of NFL experience now, especially playing for the Jaguars, and Parker Romo apparently has a cannon of a leg. So I don't see any downside to either of them. I think I lean towards Parker Romo, but I mean – We still got a long summer for it. And I, I'm sorry, Ryan, this wasn't your question at all,
0: but. um, No, that's, that's fine. If you want to answer the question, it was, it was essentially, you know, with the proclivity that the Lions have at, you know, going for it on fourth down. Like, are you worried that the Lions having a kicker with a big leg would keep them from, you know, maintaining that philosophy of being aggressive on fourth down?
1: I don't, I don't, I think it's a good thing to have. And maybe they'll go for a a few more field goals, but not when, when it's long, I don't think they're going to be like, Oh, we've got a guy who can kick it from 60. That's what we're going to do now. I don't think a lot more. I don't think they're going to end drives in that way. I think Dan Campbell will stay aggressive.
0: Yeah. I I don't, I don't think I'm too concerned about it. I was just asking to ask, but I, I, I think that if anything, the Minnesota game last year proves that Dan Campbell will go with what he thinks he should do kind of regardless of the personnel that he has with kickers. I don't know. Just, just my thought is Jeremy available to talk or not. <laughs> I am. Okay. There was a, a light fiasco
2: that was caused by a dog that, Um, It was very dramatic.
1: It was a very dramatic face
2: and very well lit for it. (laughs) I think I think chat heard all of it. Um, Our live audience heard all of it because uh, I wasn't muted there. But anyways,
1: well, shall we move on to to mandatory minicamp? Let's do it. So I think we want to set this up. Two things we want to see from each of us here going into mandatory minicamp. And Jeremy, paint the background. Maybe we got fans who don't really know what all goes into mandatory minicamp versus something like, say, OTAs.
2: I mean, there's essentially the practices are going to look identical. The only differences are there's there's really only two differences that should matter to you. One is that it's mandatory. So everyone is going to be there. And if no, if there is a person that is not there that that is suddenly become a story. Um, The other difference is that the media gets to be there for all three days. So instead of this one practice, a day that you get access to, we're going to get all three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So we should get more observations, maybe draw a little bit more conclusions, because right now we o- we've only been to three practices so far. A, a mandatory, uh, I'm sorry, rookie minicamp and two OTAs. So um, we should be able to draw maybe more conclusions and have a fuller show uh, like this uh, next week as well. So um, should be should be fun. I'm, I'm obviously very excited because I I like getting more field access.
0: You like being in the building. Sorry. right. Okay. Feels powerful.
1: So, two things you want to see. Ryan, why don't we start with you?
0: Okay. So, I'll. Cards on the table. I have one. And because I, I legitimately couldn't think of a second thing that I feel like I'm going to get out of mandatory mini camp. Because, um, like Jeremy kind of alluded to, I think that at the end of this, then you can start to make some. Not even. You can't you can't have answers out of this. I, I feel like the only thing that this will do is it'll set you on a path where your questions can be better, right? Like, I, I think there's a lot of depth questions on this team and I don't know if those necessarily get answered during mandatory minicamp. So my only thing that I need to see out of mandatory minicamp, because if it goes sideways, these three days are going to create for like a month's worth of a headache and you need clean football from Jared Goff if Jared Goff is, if he's any kind (laughs) of a turnover issue, whether it's slippery hands on fumbles or throwing interceptions, I think that that's, I think people have their, their pitchforks that they're sharpening. And the the one thing, right. The one thing that I think people can point to, and Jeremy had an article go up today about, you know, five reasons why the lions might regress or might not be as, as good as you are expecting them to be. It's, it's, it's shared golf and it's, it's whether or not he's going to be turnover worthy. And, and if some of those plays that he made last year, where he got away with things, they turned to turnovers this year.
1: Well, that, that, go- that
0: could be, that that could be in my opinion, the quickest way that this team sinks and I don't I don't want it to happen over those three days because it's going to be hot fodder for everybody to talk about.
1: Well, you can go ahead and tick off that box of us just being the Jared Goff haters. <laughs> but no, I, I actually agree with that. I said somebody you. else I, is gonna
0: do it. Somebody else no, will do it.
1: Like, I I don't know. I I've talked with one of my guys who covers the Rams, and one of the things he always goes is like, just wait, this is the year where Jared Goff actually has expectations on him. He's not gonna he doesn't do well with expectations. I'm like, I don't really buy that, but I do think with the advent of Hendon Hooker Ryan, it ha- it does mean that it, this, the pressure is on him to do more because the hype around Hendon Hooker is massive, and we were just ta- I was just talking with the Roar of the Lions guys before we jumped on here about this too. Like this, this, this like if you give if you give this fan base an inch, they love the backup quarterback, and they've been doing it for years and years and years to find the next guy for it and all the people who are swearing up and down, they love Jared Goff. He starts to stumble at all. They'll change sides pretty quickly. Even if Hooker can't start until, like, to start the season, they'll change sides. They'll be counting down the days.
2: Yeah, I, mean, to, I think to me it's it's less concerned about Jared Goff because, like you said, I don't know if we're going to get any answers or anything from, from a three-day practice string It's I just I want to see the offense click a little more because it hasn't been good Mm -hmm. so far. And and listen, like the defense is almost always ahead of the offense at this point. I don't know why, but it just it works out that way, even though I think the expectation obviously was given how good the offense was last year and how much of a work in progress. The defense was maybe it was was going to be flipped. Um, I would say in training camp, it became very clear last year that the offense was going to be much better than the year before. I need to see maybe some sort of signs that that we're not in for, for a deep regression uh, on offense. And listen, again, probably not going to get a ton of those answers in camp, but I need to see some signs of life because they've only run a couple of those like end of half or end of game drills where it's like, all right, you have 55 seconds to get from, you know, your your own 20 yard line to field goal position. And the first team offense has not moved the ball at all during those scenarios. Like, maybe in, in the two or three sessions that we've seen moved it a total of like 25 yards, like completely unacceptable bad. Um, so I, that's where I, I need to see the growth, not necessarily personally from Jared Goff. And, and again, like a lot of it, I mean, a lot of it is going to be on his shoulders, right? He's a quarterback. These are end of half scenarios. So he's throwing the ball every time. Um, but like a lot of it is, is, just getting every everyone on the same page, getting Marvin Jones, like Marvin Jones is back in Detroit, but this is the first time with Jared Goff um jameson williams obviously has some chemistry issues with jared goff right now let's let's start chipping away at that um jameer gibbs sam laporta all those guys are new that are just getting to know jared goff and we know sometimes that that takes some time are we going to see it by the end of minicamp i mean i'd like to but there's no guarantee that we do all right um you want to do one jeremy or should i I well, mine. I'll I'll do one since it's semi-related, and it's. it's, Mm. I just want I want to watch Jameer Gibbs. Like I almost want to stand there and watch Jameer Gibbs for an entire practice (laughs) because we we missed him in mandatory minicamp. I think the first OTAs he looked a little limited, and then second OTAs rookie um, minicamp, right? Yeah, yeah, rookie minicamp. Sorry, um, and then the first OTAs he was still a little little limited. Second one, I think he was kind of full go, and he had some first team reps, but I just I didn't get an opportunity to necessarily watch a lot of him, so um if david montgomery is is still out that means more first team offense with him and i just want to see every which way they use him how quickly he's going to hit the ground running here obviously obviously with a running back and no contact him as a rusher specifically you're not going to be able to tell much um but i still want to see the explosiveness i want to see him catch balls out of the backfield um he's listen i'm mr don't draft a running back in the first round I want you to prove me wrong. I want you to make me excited for you to come out there and play this year. So uh, he's a guy I'm going to have a a very close eye on this week.
1: One for me that I am really keeping my eye on going to the other side of the ball. It's how are they going to use all these defensive backs? Because I feel like there there's, there's been some conversations as far as like slot corner for, and you know, safeties, but I I, I'm of the firm belief that all these guys are very flexible, the entire position, the entire backfield, the defensive backs are very malleable. I'm just kind of curious to see, you know, who is going to stand out from the massive amount of competition for those, for those slots on the roster. Like I, I I'm, I'm genuinely curious if like, Cause we don't talk much about uh breeze at all. We don't talk about some of these guys down there. Cause, and you know, for good reason, we, we know that the guys they spend a lot of money on are going to make the roster, but I'm just curious how deep it goes. You know, we, we assuming like what Jeremy, we got Jerry Jones. We've got the new signings. We've got Jerry Brian Jacobs. branch, Jerry Jacobs. Excuse me. Did I say Jones?
2: You did. Damn it. I I, I want to see Jerry Jones play cornerback so bad now. <laughs> I was
1: thinking of Kirby Joseph. I think I was somehow I got onto Jones, but <laughs> like after that, like Will Harris, Melifonwu, Brady Breeze, like Chase Lucas. what are we doing with these guys? So it and because it is so flexible, I'm just curious. Regardless of whether they're listed as a safety or corner, how they stand out in that competition?
2: Yeah, it, it's. It's interesting because early, you know, early indications are there. There are a lot of guys repping in a lot of different places, right? And and with Tracy Walker still not really doing full team drills, usually they've been throwing CJ Gardner-Johnson as the second safety next to Kirby Joseph. But when you do have Tracy Walker kind of standing in there through walkthroughs, CJ is there at the nickel, and so he's he's doing both. Are they doing both with Brian Branch? Yeah, a little bit of that we've seen a guy you mentioned chase Lucas. I think I've seen him play some outside corner, which is kind of new to him. So yeah, like a lot of guys are getting a lot of reps in a lot of different places. And it's, almost, it's really hard to keep track com- to be completely honest um, as an outside observer who is watching 90 different guys practice at the same time. Um, but I think like once we get into training camp where like, there'll be a little bit more clear, like first team, second team, third team, maybe we'll see it at mandatory mini camp since everyone is going to be there. Maybe there'll be more defined roles, but I think, I think there's going to be so much fluidity to it really probably even going into the season that I don't know if you're ever going to get an answer of like, what is CJ Gardner Johnson? Well, he does this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this, like, that's, that's what he does. There's we, I I think maybe we have to remove ourselves from this idea that there, there's a title for some of these guys. Like some of it is like, you're just a hyphenate. You're, you're doing three roles at once.
0: Yeah. I I lied. I came up with one more based on, hearing you guys talk. Well it's two so each, so yeah. So yeah, this yeah. is your second one. Right. But I, I I said earlier that I felt like there was only one thing. Oh okay. there's two things. I lied. The the second thing I don't want this to sound weird, but I I hope that they're super cautious with David Montgomery because I I want it I want to see the split back stuff and I want to see who they choose to do it with. The second thing is I hope they aren't cautious with Malcolm Rodriguez because I want to see just how high Derek Barnes is on the depth chart. So um Rodrigo, I hope you're healthy enough to play football this week. Uh David Montgomery three years 18 million. Just you're better kind of chill relax. out. Just chill out. Yeah. It's not a big deal.
2: <laughs> yeah the Malcolm stuff, Malcolm and Derek Barnes stuff is is fascinating. And and again like neither if, of these guys bored are- me
0: when we first talked about it.
2: Yeah. And I mean, neither neither guy is going to start, right? I think we need to make that clear off the bat. It's going to be Alex Anzalone, and and it's going to be <clears throat> uh, Jack Campbell. But who's that third guy that's probably going to get a significant amount of playing time, right? Because it does seem right now that's trending towards Derek Barnes, which I think is a surprise to most people. But again, like this is really early. Maybe you're just throwing the more veteran player out there early because you feel like you owe it to him and. You, maybe you want to light a little bit of fire under under Malcolm. Say, hey, rookie, like, you worked your way up last year. We're not granting it to you right again. Like, we, we want that motivated Malcolm. Um, so, yeah, that, I, I think
0: that's a that's a good one to bring up. Yeah, to, to, to that point, though, like, again, we're talking about guys who are, will both be depth players at the yeah. end of the day, right? Yep. And it wouldn't surprise me if Malcolm Rodriguez played more snaps of, of football in 2023 than, than Derek Barnes does just because of how yeah. much he would play on special teams.
2: Um, the thing I'm looking for is on the defensive front because it's the one thing the Lions didn't do according to every offseason uh writer is the Lions didn't upgrade their defensive front. They needed more edge players. They needed more. Uh, I know a lot of Lions fans thought they needed more defensive tackles and wish they would have done more there. And, and I, I can understand that and certainly agree with it on, on some point, but I'm, like Isaiah Bugs has not been at practice, I believe, at all. But it's mandatory minicamp, and in fact, I've already seen from his social media that he's in town now. Um, so he's going to be back in the fold. So that means Christian Covington, who I think had been repping with the ones, is probably going to back down. But I want to see how that all how that whole thing unfolds with everyone out there because, uh, contrary to what national pundits might think, the Lions have a, a a long queue of edge defenders, right? Mm Ain Hutchinson, John Kaminsky, Romeo O'Quara, Charles Harris, James Houston, Julian O'Quara, Josh pascal all guys who have started games for this team that I I think it's fair to have high hopes for just about like Julian O'Quara is probably the only one in that group where you're like, I don't know if there's a future for him at this team, right? It's like, I don't know if there's, if I expect a lot out of him this year and, and if he's on the team next year. Everyone else, you're like, he should contribute this year or he might be your future guy there. And so... I, I want to know more about the rotation there. I want to know about individual roles there. And and with everyone now in the fold there, especially in the interior, like how's that going to look in sub packages? How's that's gonna look when they go NASCAR? All those sort of things. I'm I'm very curious to to find out because I I think the stuff defensive line is better than some people think it is. I really do. And again, like it's it's mini-camp. There's still no pads, so in terms of performance, you're not going to find out that much, but to me, it's all about rotation, it's all about individual roles, and I'm excited to see, now that everyone's in the fold, where everyone fits in.
1: Last one for me, and it's maybe retreading ground again. Kicker battle. (laughs) Not long snapper? Not long snapper, no. I am not interested in the fight between Jake McQuaid and Scott Daly i'm, I'm interested
0: day. i'm interested in hearing whether or not alliances are formed between long snappers and kickers <laughs>
2: like it, it well there's only two long
0: sna- some light <laughs> sabotage going on i don't well, know there's
1: two long snappers and three place kickers so i could even see a love
2: triangle well, or two i
0: was, I was gonna say or somebody gets you know left without a date to the dance well the lines mm.
2: certainly have a a long snapper in the building that could help out if they need to
1: like is it Don down just, music? Just, just when he they thought they <laughs> pulled me. I got out. They pulled me back in.
0: <laughs> I, I think we just wrote a Ted Lasso spinoff. <laughs>
1: Jeez. I guess the only thing I throw in there is like who's gonna step among wide receivers while JMO is gone, but that's that's yeah, I'd rather see who's gonna win this kicker battle. I'm not gonna lie, I'm actually excited about kickers. I feel like Hamza.
0: <laughs> Jace Billingsley's got a shot at making the roster this year. Oh, my God.
1: And with that, I think we're out of here. I don't want to continue after you bring up the star of Winnemucca, Nevada. Is that what we're calling Tom Kennedy now?
0: (laughs) At Detroit Online. Keep going. At Chris Perfett. At Ryan underscore POD. I was just saying address all your hate mail. When it comes to the Tom Kennedy slander to at Detroit online.
1: And if you have any complaints about how things are pronounced, send them to at Ryan <laughs> underscore POD. Oh man. And I guess if you have prob- if you have questions about how to play Diablo four, just send them to at Chris Perfette.
2: There you go. We have all found our niche. I don't
1: even know if that's my niche. I'm just whatever. Uh, let's get out of here. We'll see you star side guys. we got a lot coming down this week.